December 26, 2017. It's a lot for Pedro show.
like me To drive my Chevy down the street Hold the circle level by Mr. Bear I don't know the TTL center I cruise through the city, get them my kicks Go to a bar and scare my the chicks I love to live in Babylon, in a bar on the lawn Can't take it, try on your mirror, I am wrong Let me live in Babylon, this is why I sing my song Let me stay in a drive from a country in a bar Love to live in Babylon, in a bar on the lawn Can't take it, try on your mirror, I am wrong Love to live in Babylon, this is why I sing my song Let me stay in a drive from a country in a bar Take the home and give her some blow Watch for Pedro show. Probably the last one for this year. Uh, and Pedro, but Brother Matt is on a boat. I think going to the, maybe the Caribbean. I can't remember where he's headed. <laughs> I forgot all about him telling me about that. But I'm not completely alone because through the magic of those engineers in Estonia via Skype, we got Dave Travis. Hey, Dave, welcome aboard. Hi. Oh, you, thanks. Thanks for having me aboard. Yeah. Where are you calling from? Calling from Mount Washington, Northeast LA. Yeah, Mount Washington Park. Uh, people, if you're downtown, it's kind of a little bit north, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of hills. That's why it's called Heights. <laughs> Washington Heights. Uh, great. Kind of hard to get my boat around some of those roads. A little tight. Uh, we started the show off with John Coltrane doing Joy, the second version, and then Anarchy 6 from Babylon, no, Babylon Rules from A Anarchy 6, sorry. <coughs> and our, Anarchy 6 was the band for that movie, right? Yeah, it was originally come, came out of the um, Love, Love Dolls, Dolls Superstar yeah. movie. Right, right. Um, and then they made a record. The band itself was um, basically Sin 34, um, Dave Markey, Phil Newman, and Mike Glass, but with um, with Steve McDonald singing. Right, right. And, so the, a movie and then on band that, that became a real band, sort of like the movie. Yeah, they did a, a few shows. Right, I remember. I think Anti Club. Yeah, Anti Club and well, Jesus let's, let's let's go with you, Dave. Your your uh, earliest uh, musical memory. Um, probably. Growing up in my house, listening to music, like my parents played instruments. Ah, really? And then um, we had like the record collection, so I used to just like pick out records to listen to. A lot of it, you know, was the ones that when I was a little kid, like ones that had trippy covers, like um, Bitches Brew or Sgt. Pepper's. Uh, but um, people playing, who who played what? Uh, my mom played auto harp and sitar, and ah. my dad played guitar and bass. Great. Oh, so they would have jams? Um, my mom was in a band before I was born called Sunset Off Ramp. And then um, she, then my dad sometimes would jam with his friends from work. But, um, and then, but not just, and then little family jams sometimes, but not, not that much. 
Is this the pad that me and Raymond went to on the west side? Um, originally, we lived in Hollywood. We okay. moved to West L.A. in 1980. Okay, because I remember remember when me and Raymond came over for that party. Yeah. I can't remember exactly where that was, but it was somewhere on the west side. Um, yeah. That- okay. So, can you remember the first record you bought yourself for you? First record I bought myself was probably the Ticket to Ride single. Beatles? By the Beatles, yeah. and then also the King Tut single by um, Steve Martin. Oh, right. <laughs> that was a big hit for him. Yeah. It's and funny. then we used to listen to radio a lot in the car, too, so I, I got a lot of music education from the radio. My sure, dad listened to KLEC a lot, which was like a kind of country station. Uh-huh. Um, they played a lot of like Buck Owens, Pearl Haggard, Johnny yeah. Cash kind of stuff. And then my mom listened to... KHJ, which, um, yeah, like AM Top 40, early 70s. Yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, much different than the AM radio now. Yeah. Uh, 93 KHJ was huge. And KLAC was huge. I think they were kind of tied in with Channel 5, too. Uh, what about. Maybe, because we used to watch Hee Haw a lot, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. And well, Buck Owens, huge on that. Uh, Roy Clark. Yeah, Buck Owens and Roy Clark. Yeah, Roy Clark. Uh, okay, what about uh, at school? Did you take music in school? Yeah, when I went to, uh, um, like, in sixth grade, they had, like, a music class. And then I was in, like, the, like, orchestra a little bit in the, um, when the I was still living. Hello? Is that the cella? No, I was actually for percussion. Okay. And then um, that was that was before I moved to the West Side, and after that, I didn't really do music in school. But um, I took some music lessons um, from like a neighborhood guitar store, and then just started kind of jamming out with friends. What, like uh, garage, bedroom jams? Yeah. Okay. Uh... What about songwriting? Did you do any of that early? Um, or, or mainly like trying to copy songs off records like me and D. Boone? Probably more just jamming. Just uh, jamming. Yeah, I mean, I, I learned playing like the, yeah, like we had like the music books. Yeah. So I just learned to uh, like play guitar to the music books. Yeah, like Mel Bay, Alfred's guitar. Yeah, Met- yeah Mel Bay are just like the Beatles music book or stuff like that. But yeah. not to play in front of people, but just trying to figure it out. Right. And uh, can you remember, what about, but no songwriting, really? Um, no, I mean, the first real band I was in, well, we had, I was in a band um, in, like, junior high school and then 10th grade where we were doing covers. Um, okay. Where they called? It was, um, like, almost each show was, like, a different name, but usually the guards, <laughs> I guess, because the main guy was named Garfield Wolf. Okay, and, and what then were the, gigs like? um, were the gigs like uh, like house parties? Yeah, yeah, playing at people's pads, living room gigs. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, can you I remember your band. first, very first one? Um, yeah, it's just it was like a house party. I was probably end of ninth grade, beginning of tenth grade. Um, the band was with um, 
Garfield Wolf, Roger Barney, and uh, Leonard Matsumoto, and that was the, and myself, and that was the Gars. The Gars. And then, was it scary? Um, a little bit, which is kind of exciting too. Yeah, sure. And then after that, um, I got in a band with um, Dave Jones, who still plays in Carnage Asada. Right. And um, a guy named Jeff Spindler, and then we had a band called Permanent Trails. And then we played parties, and then we actually played the Cafe, too. Cafe du Grand. Yeah. That's in Hollywood, the, people near yeah. the Palladium, and uh, there was a pretty big scene around there. Midnight yeah, but they used to have Dollar Punk Tuesdays, so that's, 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 right. Our first, that's right. That was our first show. I think Don Bowles was club. the sound man. Yeah. <laughs> it was an old Chinese restaurant, and we, we played downstairs. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, it became the China Club later on with, like, big rock stars jamming, right? Uh, so what about uh, recording? Did, did the Gars ever record? No. Okay. And then um, that maybe did, like, three or four parties, and that's as much as that lasted. It was mainly just practicing and jamming. Um, Permit Trails played more, um, and then, but we never recorded... And then the first thing I was ever on a recording for was that Anarchy 6 you just played, because I do like half the vocals on that one song. I'm going to play here something that you pick, Jack Brewer. Yeah, I think Jack Brewer covering a Sacred Trust song, right, called Christmas Cry. Yeah. Because the original version was on, um, on Chunks. Chunks, New Alliance compilation. Let's listen. So 
For Pedro show, uh, you just heard uh, not Black Sabbath, but Frosty the Snowman from Santa Sabbath, which is uh, Bob Lee not on drums but as uh, singing. And then before that, Stale Jets with White Satan, Good Intentions, Mind the Revolutionary, Hell Yeah. Ahead of that, got to play with them on my D Day up in the city. That was wild. That was a good time. Uh, yeah, 418 miles each way, but uh, it was worth it. Get to spend time with my second bench. Uh, Tom Watson joined us, so it was a weird kind of quartet. And the people in the city were very kind to us. Uh, my up uh, and her band was bitching. Before that, we got uh, Spot doing Sean's brother. Spot is back in Sheboygan, where it's nice and cold. Uh, pile ahead of that, on the west side of England, baby boy. Guided by voices we like in the sun. M.B. Jones out of Pusan, ahead of that with a demo of Weaponized Charm. It started all off with a Christmas crab, a Jack Brewer. And um, Dave Travis here has some, something to say about that because it's one of the first things he engineered. Yeah, I went to um, John Vogel and myself. We did a um, recorded a spoken word record yeah, with Barbara Kubernick and. John Golden New is a great uh, engineer for mastering that I've worked with since <laughs> early 80s. I go way back with John Golden. D Not John Golden, John Vogel. Oh, John Vogel. Yeah, I remember John Vogel. Oh, okay. Because I was just thinking of John Golden because he lives out in Ventura. And yeah, I no, it was John Vogel. No, who, what I'm thinking of, yeah, I understand. But what I'm thinking of, I hope John Golden didn't get hurt with that fire. Yeah, I hope okay. so too. Okay, John Vogel, back to your story. But Walter Spencer did the mastering for that. Yeah, okay. He's good too. Um, but um, so it was a live, live, we did like a live poetry record where everything was on location. So that we recorded him doing a Christmas cry at the Hollywood Christmas parade with like the parade and, and Santa going by in the background. Jack Brewer competing with the crowd. And then, so we had like a like a lavalier mic on him, and then a boom mic, and he's just doing his his poetry in the middle of the parade. Right, right. Like we said, it, it was a sa kind of a sacred to. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it was originally a sacred trust song. And uh, so, did you go to school for engineering? Yeah, I, I got a, I minored in um, music recording at USC. And your major is what, like journalism? Geography. Geography, that's it. Yeah. And, uh, but it was like, I was like from the first year where they had the um, music recording. I, I was going to ask you, what kind of like, did they have a setup and stuff? Yeah, they had a good setup because they would get stuff. Um, Donated. Like hand-me-downs from A&M. Oh, wow. So we had like a really good um, SSL 24-channel board, like wow. a Mitsubishi 2-inch 24-track recorder. And um, it was it was good because, you know, you take music engineering classes mm -hmm. plus um, like electronics classes. 
classes and um, and um, music classes too. Like I, I took a really good class um, from Roberto Miranda and uh, um, Afro Latin profession. What are you talking history of music or like uh, a theory? Like of music? the oh, there's be the music history, but also just like Afro Latin percussion, like just kind of like all the different beats for the different countries. Like you know, this is. Cuba, I like, have like this kind of music with okay, this kind so of beats. Okay, so like a musicology like, thing. Yeah. And and you you know, you just learn the basic beats on like the you know drums and hand percussion. You know, not to be like a great musician, but just to understand like the, the kind of basic music theory of that those genres of music. And then there was another class called World Music and Cultures, where it was just one week you'd study like the music of like Africa, then like Indonesia, then Japan, then China. And that, that was really interesting too. Yeah, kind of like uh, expand your vocabulary. Yeah, because I didn't know much about non-Western music before that point. Yeah, right. Uh, and then you're saying there's good teachers. That makes a big difference. Yeah. Uh, would you were you involved with the what was Dave Markey uh, his bass band studio Phil Newman yeah Phil and the, the, the studio was um, Spinhead Spinhead that's it in the valley right yeah in North Hollywood yeah or Burbank yeah North, North Hollywood were you ever involved with that yeah, I used to hang out there that's where we did that Anarchy 6 record yeah I never I never really worked there but when I was going to school, I would hang out there and just watch him work to kind of, you know, l learn how things work. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, what, the, what could be more valuable than that? Uh, yeah. But I learned a lot. You know, I worked for my dad with a cameraman. Yeah, so right, I right. I was going to ask you this. Your pop was involved with uh, television production, right? Yeah. So, like... Yeah, I worked for him starting in like on industrial films and stuff when I was still in high school, and then um, when I was eighteen, I was able to join the union, and then I started working for um, um, for actually for CBS and places like that doing ENG sound. So I learned most of my sound doing that. Okay, uh, and that was mainly like kind of location stuff, right? Yeah, portable. Back back then it was before camcorders. So, oh, the recorder was record, inside the camera. Record, yeah, they didn't have that back then. They would record originally the three-quarter inch video. So they need someone, and like the three-quarter inch decks of them were like 40 pounds. Wow. So they need a separate person to follow the camera holding a cable with one hand and like a mic with the other hand to, to do boom um, so that the camera could record the video while it was moving. Right, right. Quite a schlep. Yeah. <laughs> Things are much easier now, right? Stuff smaller. Yeah. Then switch from three quarter inch to beta cam, and then after that, the um, digital. They start recording the video on the camera itself. So then I just had to do the sound. Yeah. Uh, you know what I forgot to ask you? What was the first concert you went? The first concert itself I went to yeah. was like, when I was in um, second grade. Like um, during the bicentennial, like um, like our class in my elementary school sold the most 
like chocolate bars or something. So we won a trip to like the LA USB Bicentennial Celebration, which was at the LA Coliseum. And then that was with um, Casey and the Sunshine Band and Evil Knievel. Um, but then um, the first real concert I went to, like, um, yeah, I guess it was my first punk show was um, X with Ray Manzarek at the Whiskey, which was on my first day of high school. Oh, wow. Their album must have just come out. It was during um, Under the Big Black Sun. Oh, third album. Okay. Yeah, right. He produced the first four albums. I just did a couple of gigs with X. He's up 40 years. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't, that was like my, I wasn't that, I, mean, I heard punk, but I wasn't, I never seen it or anything. But I was more just kind of like a stoner kind of person. And then, yeah, well, you probably it, was knew just, of the doors. it was really cool to see like Raymond Zarek come out. Yeah, you yeah. probably knew of the doors, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I heard of X, but like, I, you know, I had like a bunch of doors records already. And like you said, you're very young, right? It's the first year. Yeah, that was like, I was 14. (laughs) And then after that, like about a month later, I saw like the Who and the Clash play to the Coliseum. Wow. Big gig. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that was Arena Rock days. There was a lot of big gigs. Yeah. That was with the Clash opening up for the Who, and then there was like a slam pit on the floor of the Coliseum. (laughs) For the Clash or the Who? For the, for the Clash. Okay. Uh, and yeah. then after that, it was like um, the Ramones and the Dickies at the Palladium. But <laughs> after I went to that um, X show, then I just tried to start going to whatever kind of punk shows I can get to. So a lot of parties with bands like Arm Response or Neighborhood Watch. And then, um, yeah, we'd... We can take the we'd take the bus to Hollywood, or if I can get a ride, so we'd go see shows that we went to the Vex and saw like um, Black Flag and um, yeah, Saint Vitus. Actually, there ended up being like three or four Vexes. Yeah, I think this was one of the last Vexes. This was the one on um, I think it was on the Consoto. Okay. And uh, and um, then it meant and, much. yeah, like. We used to have federal building shows, so we'd see, like, Black Flag at the federal building. Um, oh, yeah, I remember doing a gig there. The, uh, Rock Against Racism. Yeah. There's some pictures in the middle of uh, Double Nickels on the deck. We've come to the first, the end of the first hour, December 26, 2017, Dish of Pedro Show, special guest Dave Travis. Hold tight for hour two. December 26, 2017, it's the second hour. On the Watt for Pedro show. Why do people send me large and extra large t-shirts? What happened to medium and small t-shirts? Why do girls have spikes on their tongues? Marsha Brady never had one. She's Godhead. I hate the 90s. What happened to tube tops? No girl I know can pass the pencil test. Tattoos, body piercings, the whole world has lost its head. Lost its head. Tattoo removal is the new way. Let's open up tattoo removal parlors across the land. I hate the 90s. Brian Wilson speaks for Dennis. 
tattoos and body piercing is the new menace. S&M doesn't stand for Sonic Youth or the Monkees. All the cute girls in the 90s are all junkies. I hate the 90s. The only good thing was the fall of the Berlin Wall and Star 69. Why the internet? There's a great new invention called the telephone. Hello? Join Rodney's army. I can't do it alone. Spread my message all over the phone. I hate the 90s. Everyone's clueless about the 90s. You go in the clubs. You can't stand here. You can't stand there. Let alone being body searched. I don't want no man to touch my body. I hate the 90s. Stars of news getting more than 15 minutes of fame. Sally, Jesse, Geraldo, and Donahue ruled the hard copy of television. They make young girls cry. They do. I hate the 90s. I'd rather look at Kate Moss's mole than a piercing with a hole. We owe all this to Artella. He started butchering hair back in the 80s. I hate perms. Marsha Clark then, Marsha Clark now. Case closed. I hate the 90s. I hate the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the 90s! You know, it really sucks. It really does. I hate the 90s. Man! Man! I hate the 90s! Get me to the year 2000 at once! I hate the 90s!
finally. You are singing your 
turned up hopes, hard pain to cope, so my people deal dope. On the street corners, it's like a hive to a hornet. Drug dealers will flaunt it, rich people don't want it. But it would appear to me that they will beef up security, but they thrive off of it. They talk about it socially, but like some disease attached to drugs like fat to arteries. We're next in line for a genocide slaughtering They keep the boats chartering Doctors sure, cause they're not sure What the fuck they brought us here for You're probably in the next life Fuck that, there ain't one Brothers got taken out, trying to create one It's the same ones who bring guns Who may trust funds And new hung loved ones in the southern sun In this world, we're like a six-toe Trapped in a shoe With no room to move and no oxygen holes But I was always told to stay bold In the world so cold As the purple rain runs through my toes Then I strike the pose In America's clothes So it's America's dream But nobody knows Show start off the second hour with I Hate the 90s by Rodney and the Tube Tops. Ricardo Tierro, Colin Webster, Marco Serrato, and Borja Diaz with uh, Miladero. They're out of Sevilla. Ty and Elisa, Life Flights, Tawakwa Sparks, Birds of Paradise, Mold Omen with Alms, and finally. The questions with melodies. What, what, what's the questions? The questions was another band that um, that was with um, Dave Jones and Dave Green, um, and then um, my where, sister and where? I had a recording studio in Hollywood, um, like in our garage. She still has it actually, um, and that was what, what the last thing. What period are we thing. talking about, Dave? Say again. Time period. This was the. We built it after the earthquake kind of destroyed the garage that was originally there. Yeah. Um, so we had the studio probably starting on 1996. Okay. Um, and then I was doing stuff there until 2000. 
Um, and then she still has it. And the questions was recorded at this pad. Yeah, yeah, in 2000. Um, and that was with um, Dave Jones, he's in Carnage Sada. Um, he also plays with Alice Bag, and um, and then also that's with Dave Green, who went on to Los Abandoned. Yeah. So how long this been? I don't remember seeing the, the questions. questions. Yeah. They, they probably lasted like a year, but okay. it was a it was a good band to record. Okay. And uh, this this band we played at the beginning of the hour. Uh, Rodney in the. Uh, Two tops. Yeah, that was the kind of like a Bill Bartel kind of project where he like get a bunch of people together to get a record together. Bill Bartel um, people was a a guy had a band called White Flag. He was a great cat. We lost him a couple of years ago. Yeah, and he, was, he had a record label called Gasatanka. Right. And um, he would always kind of he was kind of like a dreamer kind of guy. He would always dream stuff up and and make it happen. So this was with. Um, Ronnie Bingenheimer doing the singing and um, Bill playing bass, Dave Markey on drums, and then Thurston Moore and um, Eric Erlinson on guitars. Yeah. And then there's a B side too, which was Thurston the Two Tops, was Thurston Moore doing the vocals. Yeah, where was it recorded? At, where was it? At Tarantula Ranch, at um, the studio that my sister and I had. In Hollywood. It was the same pad the questions was recorded, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? I think I've been <laughs> Probably yeah. I, I think, Probably I, have, I, think I did a jam yeah, I think I did a not recording but a jam. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it was sometime in the late nineties, I think. Around that time. Uh, we're gonna play something here called Ch cello pudding. Tell us about that. Cello um, Pudding was a project put together by um, Jeff Schwartz, who's the bass player, and he wanted to have a band with like all cellos and stand-up bass. Um, so we played a couple shows and made a record and kind of tried to do like kind of Pendrecki kind of stuff. He plays bass for the Santa Monica Symphony, and then the other two cello players were from like the LA Free Music Society, and then Vetsa was in um, Fat and Fucked Up. Yeah. Um, so just kind of like a, try to do like a kind of noise band, but with all acoustic instruments. Yeah, Dave, I mean, you're talking about percussion and guitar, and when did you get into the cello? Cello was from, I was in a band called Halfway to Cleveland, and that band I was originally playing bass. I joined that band in 1988, and then, um, the main guy of the band was a guy named Doc Williams. And then at the end of that band, he got sick, he got lymphoma. He, he played um, woodwinds, and also he played cello. And then um, I bought the cello off him, um, and then he taught me a little bit before he passed. And I got into cello from, from that. And then originally in... Carnage Asada, I played bass and then guitar, and they started experimenting playing cello in that. And then um, the people in Waco saw, saw me play, and then they got me to play in Waco. And then I learned cello more seriously from playing Waco because the Steve would always have like the charts for us to play, and so I had to learn to play cello music from the 
charts to um, play his music. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's he was he was amazing because you know he'd have like two or three new songs every week, writing <laughs> out by hand like nine parts. So he like write like a huge amount of of music. Oh, wow. But he wasn't involved with this cello pudding. No, he wasn't involved. Cello pudding is, is, is improvised. Right. And it's it was a Waco, guy. which is the all the Wayne Charles, Steve Garoppolo. What? What's the bass man's name? In cello pudding is Jeff Schwartz. Jeff Schwartz, yeah. It's kind of his Schwartz. proj, right? Yeah, okay. It, it, it was his, his or concept, and then it just kind of, I guess it's all four of our projects. Okay. And then, what, he saw you with the Waco guys? Jeff? No, he saw me in Carnage Sada. Carnage, okay. Okay, well, let's listen to I'm just trying to get straight in my mind. Let's go, uh, let's just chill and put. Thank you. 
One, two, three, four. A short, disgusting man was shuffling slowly down the street, which was filled with many odors. Yeah, and one of them was beef. He crept inside his nose, and then it punched him in the brain. The burger craving hit him like a train. I want the tallest hamburger that money can buy. I want to see the top of pile up in the sky. Cover it and catch up with the helicopter hose. Asking for a bite, and I'll say no. With a couple dozen phone calls and a big hot air balloon, he started the construction on that very afternoon to the 57 workers who were panning, dripping sweat. He shouted just in case they'd not forget. I want the tallest hamburger that the world's ever seen. Buns the size of buses and some beef in between. Cover it with mail with a helicopter hose. Asking for a bite and I'll say no. The burger toppled over near the end of hour three. The city streets were covered with the melted cheddar cheese when a falling piece of burger struck the man upside the head. He whispered with his fragile dying breath, That was the tallest hamburger that I saw in my life. If only I could share it with a child and a wife. But I guess not since I'm dying, I can give it to the town. So take it, there's enough to go around. It was the tallest hamburger that money could buy Even though it all fell over it could feed you and I So eat it with some french fries with bacon and rings Join the burger bash with us and sing It was the tallest hamburger that money could buy Even though it all fell over it could feed you and I So eat it with some french fries with bacon and rings Join the burger bash with us and sing It was the tallest hamburger that money could buy Even though it all fell over it could feed you and I So eat it with some french fries
We are good people. We are good, good people. We are good people. We wouldn't let this happen. We are good people. We are good, good people. We are good people. We wouldn't let this happen. We are good people. We are good, good people. We are good people. We wouldn't let this happen. We are good people. We are good, good people. We are good.
想，忘了吧孤单的时光，来吧，我们在你身旁。是否还记得那故乡？
Watford Pedro show. Yeah, we started out that chunk of music off with Flantastic, Cello Puddin'. Then the Breakfast Cowboy with the Tallest Hammer. Ted came with part two of Concerto Number Two. Uh, Wood Wheat, the Emperor's of Ice Cream out of Brighton, had him on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, out of Greece, the Fofico Band, politically correct. Then was a bunch of stuff from China. Was to China for the first time last March, and I uh, had Pumpkins with Asshole, Booyi with By Your Side, PK14 Part Two of 1984, Street Kill Strange Animals with MCD Kids. I'm not a man from the top floor circus, and finally Round Eye, with PMS 2.5. Uh, Round Eye, I think, are going to do a U.S. West Coast tour in March or February. Yeah, it's far February. I'm sorry, and um, they're Lao Wai guys, so in a way, it's them coming home. That means uh, foreigners. Andrew, uh, Dave Travis, my guest. How did Carnage get started? Carnage got started. Um, I, I told you about that band halfway to Cleveland. I was right. in the drummer and I. We're going to hear that um, later. The original drum, the drummer of that band was Pat Palma, and um, we tried to do like our own kind of side thing, which we wanted to do kind of like improvised heavy metal music, and so that. Uh, was the original Carnage Asada in like about 1988 we just played in his garage and then just did that a few times then just kept on doing the Halfway to Cleveland then after so the you're Halfway saying to Cleveland Carnage was kind of a split, spin off of Halfway to Cleveland that, that was the first original like, which is me and Pat that's where the name came from Yeah, yeah. and then um, Dave Jones and Pat had a band called, and a guy named Jesse Engel had a band called Pipsqueak. And then I played on their last show with Pipsqueak at the at Raji's. And then um, Raji's, by kind the way, of, got destroyed by that earthquake you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. And then um, we kind of merged the Pipsqueak into Carnage Asada. So the original Carnage Asada was um, with Dave Jones. Pat Palma, Jesse Engel, and myself, and then we got George Murillo, who went to uh, high school with um, Dave Jones and I, to sing, and then we played two shows, and then um, Jesse and Pat quit, and then we got, yeah, we played like a show with just um, me on guitar, Dave Jones on bass, and George singing. And then um, we added um, Steve Reed in, on bass and Dave, and um, Dave Markey on drums. Well, there's and, a, there was a buttload of incarnations, I know. After yeah. <laughs> and We're then, at the end um, of the second hour, December 26, 2017. Special guest Dave Travis. Hold tight for hour three. December 26, 2017. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
not going to do it again. Ay, cabrón. Dead or alive. 
el señor Frank Zappa Que lo roben en los Jets The Moldy for Goodies Don't let Boogie Woogie East LA shit The living shit for Pedro Show, started the third hour off with Dave Travis's sister, Abby Travis, doing Freewheel. Great bass player and singer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I gotta have her on the show, because her, her musical journey pretty intense. How, how, she's been playing bass a long time, right? Yeah. She started with uh, Love Dolls when she was 15. 15, wow. And she's played with so many people in so many situations. She can learn music so quick. Yeah. yeah, she's really great. Yeah, that first show she did was um, was like a Casey party in Malibu. Like they played with um, Casey, you mean Raji's? Yeah, Casey from Raji's. Yeah, so it was like a party they did with. It was like with Black Flag, Alley Cats, and DC Three. Like, oh, was that under the pads? Like, yeah, right. Like, kind of, kind of these pads were up on the cliff with the stilts. Yeah, it was so scary. <laughs> I remember that right off PCH, and that was her. Fr- wow! And she was like 15 when she did that, right, and right. she went on from there. Uh, after that, we had on Dolphin with Together, uh, Nano Face with Drugstore, Nick Fit, Janitor, and finally Carnage Asada with Dead or Alive. And we heard the story of Carnage Asada. I mean, I've seen Carnage versions of the band where there's a, a couple cellos, a couple basses. <laughs> Yeah, no. In the '90s, it would yeah. it would just get big. Yeah, we added Dave Markey and Steve Reed. Then we added Chris Stein. Right. And then we just keep on getting more and more Tony people. From, Sometimes uh, we had Mario Lawley or Joe Biza or Gary Arce. Um And then just got really kind of you know big and harder to manage. So that <laughs> kind of it kind of dissipated around like 2000. And then we went back as like a smaller band in 2003 as George Murillo's Axis of Evil. And then we came back for real as the in 2008 as the Carnage with just um, six people, just George Murillo on vocals, Dave Jones and Chris Dine on bass, Steve Reed on drums, and myself on cello and Tony Fate on guitar. Yeah, Tony from Bell Rays. Uh, you mentioned stuff about Waco. 
we're yeah. going to play. You gave me a tune called Harpy. Yeah. So Har- Waco was a band by a guy named Steve Gregoropoulos. Right. Uh, uh, didn't he play with some people too? I know. Like yeah, uh, he, he, maybe uh, Listing Ship or. Uh, well, he like Heather. That's it, Heather. I, Locke. Am, I mean, Heather. Heather Locke was it was in Waco and then Rebecca Lynn. That's right. That's right. Okay. And um, Pablo Good Garcia, um, Kyle C. Kyle, Justin Burrell. Um, there's you know, a lot of people in that band, a lot of really talented musicians. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, that was that was you know Heather was a really big part of Waco. So on viola. Now, now, how did yeah. how did you how did what they needed a cello guy? Yeah, their other cello player quit, and they needed someone to play cello. Okay, okay. And uh, are you on this recording, a harpy? Yeah. Okay. And where was this done? At um, Justin Burrell's house in um, Echo Park. Okay, let's listen.
food, shipwrecks, prowlers, quicksand, 
Continental Dunes. Faulty merchandise. Labor violence. Terrorism. Flash floods. Discrimination. Torture. Wrongful cremation. Carbon deposits. Bad luck. Beef. Tapeworm. Acid rain. Escaped mania. Flash flood. Sunburn. Moral decay. Hotel fires. Contamination of the water supply. Loss of your face. Nuclear winter. Stink bombs. Wayward girls. Bubonic plague. Rampaging moose. The greenhouse effect. Neo-Nazi. Friction. Disgruntled employees. Global warming. Card sharks. Poison meat. Structural defect. Race riots. Sunspots. Taxation without representation. Mutual assured destruction. Rampaging moose. The greenhouse effect. Cluster headaches. Social isolation. Dutch elm disease. Sneak attack. Peer pressure. Vigilantes. Runaway trains. Strike bullets. Global warming. Rocks, cattle stampede, poison meat, the killer bee, the wrath of God, toxic waste, loss of equilibrium, religious fanatics, disgruntled employees, prickly heat, poison meat, price fixing, nuclear accidents, organ rejection, broken promises. Cluster headaches. White slavery. The contraction of the universe. Random violence. Threatening letters. Parasites. Nuclear winter. Public ridicule. Paper cuts. Faceless friends. The wrath of God.
ungrateful children. Mildew. Solitary confinement. Quicksand. Rampaging moose. Body lies. Wayward girls. Gridlock. Broken promises. Acid Poison meat. Labor violence. Card shark. Rabies. Global warming. Torture. Loss of equilibrium. Mental fatigue. The wrath of God and paranoia. Sneak attacks. Chemical spills. Sunspots. Unworthiness. Prickly heat. Intestinal bleeding. Toxic waste. Defrocked priests. Killer bees. Discrupt employees. Falling rocks. Car chart. For Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Harpy from Waco, and after that was Flying Hair out of Doctor Switchblade. I think the drummer of that band lived with Heather Lockie. Yeah, someone, someone in that band was the. I'm not sure which one. Well, no, they came over. They were telling. Okay. Yeah, and I had a spiel with them right before they recorded this latest album. Then out of Croatia, erotic Bilhan and his heretics with the Street Survivor. Kurt Stifle in the Swing Shift, Singing in the Trees. Mailman after that with Parasitic, parasitic I'm sorry, with a Y kind of strange. Uh, exterminators, a destruction unit, man on bass there is uh, Chris Kirkwood. I got to play a couple gigs with him a couple days ago. And his brother and his nephew. 
And now Meat Puppets have a keyboard. They're actually a five-piece now. Oh, really? Yeah, the, some guy they met in Pennsylvania or something who knows how to play all kinds of stuff, but he was playing a keyboard with them. And uh, Kurt says it's going to, because he wants to record in the next couple months. And it's, he's, this cat's going to be a big part of it. Because he's never really played with keyboards. You know? So it's a new thing for him, he told me. So look for a new dimension of the meat puppets. Uh, then we heard uh, things to watch out for. Halfway to Cleveland, which I should have played earlier in the show, because now knowing historically how it's involved in your music journey. But, uh, you know, Fill people in. So Halfway to Cleveland was like a kind of a experimental jazz band with this guy named Doc Williams that started out in the 1970s. And then um, my friend Pat Palma joined it in the mid-80s. They were out of Venice. And then I started out videotaping them and then I ended up joining them. And then... Um, Originally it was Venice-based, but then the um, Doc ended up being working um, with George Carlin. Uh, he, he worked for George Carlin. He was like took care of his house, so we um, we would do stuff with um, George and Brenda Carlin and um, Kelly Carlin, the daughter. And then that song is actually the lyrics are from a George Carlin spiel. And where did the name come from for the band? Halfway to Cleveland. I guess it was old vaudeville term for oh, okay. like, yeah, you're, yeah. Where are you? Like halfway to Cleveland. Right, that's like about right. Because this guy was around since like he, yeah, the sure 40s. He was born in 1929. Wow. So that that's kind of interesting. You had him in your life, you know, musically. Yeah, I, I learned a lot, like him, and then Steve Rigoropoulos after that were. Did you guys uh, record a lot halfway to Cleveland? Um, we did that one record, which was actually at Radio Tokyo, and then I moved to USC. That was the only real recording we did, except we did we record a lot of stuff just in the when we were rehearsing or playing. Uh, plans <laughs> for now. Plans for now. Well, I'm pretty well, you busy run, doing you the, run Cafe the Cafe Nella. You ran Cafe yeah. Nella. That's you, a good double time job. Um, so basically, since I started doing that, it kind of took over all my time. Um, we've been doing that since 2013. And, um, yeah, we do like about four shows a week. So it's like about 16 to 20 bands a week. So that keeps me real busy in terms of being able to do other stuff. So just try to keep Cafe going, nail it going as, as, as long as it'll go. Yeah, this is in uh, Cypress Park. Yeah. Well, just it's again not too far from downtown LA. I, I've had the uh, f- fortune to get to uh, play there and uh, be part of a lot of shows. And I'm very grateful for you inviting me to be part of that day. So, uh, Carnage, though, uh, recording plans? Um, we don't have any plans. No. We have the yeah the last record we recorded. I guess was in 2014, which we still haven't put out yet. That's where the Dead or Alive. Um, oh, that's the record. stuff you gave me, right? Yeah. Okay. That never came um, out. Wow. And I, I ended yeah. up playing all that stuff you gave me. Okay. Great. But um, that's that's from the last thing we recorded. We have like a, a just a glut of stuff we recorded that we never put out. 
Um, Maybe get so, a, band, a band camp page going or something. Yeah, it just it just right now it's hard for me. I got so much. <laughs> Just keeping the cafe nail running sure, that sure. really hard to do other other things. Well, well, you know, if somebody just getting into music wanted to ask you for advice, what would you tell them? Um, just kind of pursue, like learn from other people. You know, find find your own voice. Um, you know, just also just basic like show etiquette stuff. Like you know, get on the stage, get off the stage, promote your shows. Um. Yeah, you know, don't backstab people. Um, <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and um, just yeah, you know, try and do it as something that's enjoyable. Um, yeah, I've always had other kind of jobs when I was doing it. Never really tried to make the money off the music, but if if you can if it if it happens, that's great. But if it doesn't happen then um keep it's on, it's it still good to keep playing yeah yeah i like that i like that really good and i really enjoy uh, you being on the show thank you so much for being here yeah thanks so much for happening i've been listening to the law from pedro show for years and years i always wanted to be on so <laughs> you're part of finally it. got on yeah. but uh and i go way back like i said it, me and raymond came to your thing and uh, you've been a very important part of the scene and, uh, well, thanks so much for having me. It means a lot f for me to be your friend. Thank you so much, Dave Travis. Uh, people, it's been the December 26, 2017 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Get ready for 2018 and keep your powder dry. <laughs>